got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look at the Gators opener in Salt Lake City, Utah, this Thursday, August 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern, or if you're making the trip to Salt Lake City like I am, 6 p.m. Mountain. This is the Gators' first non-conference away opener that I can remember, and especially a very rare non-conference out-of-the-state-of-Florida matchup. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. For everyone that has listened to all of our preseason episodes, thank you. And for those of you that tuned in for the special YouTube interview with Ute fan Ivan, thank you for doing so. For those of you listening on audio, check out our YouTube page. Check out the interview with Ute fan Ivan. It is well worth it as he talks about growing up, a surprise team that he was a fan of growing up, his beginning of his fandoms of the Utah Utes, and then he begins to talk about his experience in the Swamp. And it's very interesting hearing an outsider's perspective of coming into a big-time SEC stadium like the Swamp and the experience he had in the game last year. And he also gives Gator fans things to look out for when they go to the game coming up this Thursday. With that said, let's go ahead and start the episode looking at the Gators game against the Utes. And going, starting the game against the Utes, a few weeks ago, I did have storylines that I believed, here's what we're going to be looking at going into the game. They really haven't changed that much, and partly that's because, you know, this was talked about only two, three weeks ago, and here we are at the game, and we're still asking questions like, how healthy is Cam Rising, the quarterback for Utah, and will he play in this game? Last week, they released the depth chart for the game, and he was listed as the starter. But when I listened to Locked on Utes or some other Ute program just getting ready for the game, there's still questions on whether he'll play and how impactful he may be. And I've seen that sentiment echoed by some Ute fans that I follow on Twitter. Another question is, how do the Gators handle the elevation and Rice Eccles Stadium? The elevation, I've seen a lot of Gators talk recklessly about 4,600 feet doesn't matter. I believe it'll have some impact. Do I think maybe it'll be as bad as the humidity in Florida? No, but just because it may not be as bad as something else doesn't mean it's zero impact. And I just think it's been reckless for people to say otherwise. Obviously, Billy Napier thought it may be an issue. He talked about how he went to different NFL teams and asked, what do you do with high-altitude games? And the message that they gave him is, get in, get out. Billy Napier took that to heart. And one way that we've seen that is the Gators are leaving a day early due to Hurricane Idelia. And for anyone in the path of that, good luck going through that storm. With that said, Gators, they are leaving a day early. And instead of flying to Utah a day early, they're going to Dallas and then going to Utah to keep up the plan of get in and get out. 
since he learned that it takes about 10 days to acclimate to the elevation. Again, Gators play at 100 feet elevation, give or take. And give or take, the Utes play at 4,600 feet elevation. So there is a difference there. Nothing that I think is going to just shut us down from the beginning of the game, but definitely something that will impact rotation, depth, and all those things. Rice Eccles, no, it's not the biggest stadium we've been in. We've been to Neyland Stadium. We've been to Death Valley. We've been to Bryant-Denny. A lot of big stadiums the Gators have been in. Williams-Brice Stadium. You know, very intimidating environments. But with that said, Rice Eccles is not so much necessarily about the population or the number of fans as it is about the passion. And these guys do have a major passion for football. Something to keep an eye on. Do I think it's going to make the biggest difference in the world? No. However, this is a stadium where with fans in the stadium, they have not lost since 2018. They did play in 2020 without fans, and there was a loss or two then. But again, with fans, they're on a four or five season, or I guess it would be four season win streak without a loss. So that is something interesting, or at least four seasons since a loss. Something to keep an eye on. And again, this is the Gators' first true away non-conference road game outside the state of Florida since 1991 when the Gators lost to Syracuse. I don't think that this is as big of a deal as rivals and some other people want to make it. When we're playing out of conference, you know, non-conference games against Miami, who then plays in the national title game, or FSU, who's won three national titles and played for more during the span. When we're talking about that, you know, we've played a lot of quality out of conference. Sorry we didn't do an out of conference game against Duke like Alabama did a few years ago. Sorry we didn't go to Iowa State or we didn't go to Cal or, you know, somewhere that's not quite on the same level when we do play these, at times, top-tier programs that are in the state of Florida. With that said, I am glad that we see games against the Utes and coming up against Arizona State and Colorado, although Colorado kind of falls in that secondary category of teams. Well, maybe not with Coach Prime, but the point being, I'm glad to see these games come because it is fun to see different, you know, football cultures throughout the nation. As a college football fan, that's something I just love. But again, I don't think the fact that it's our first true, you know, out of state thing is the biggest deal, but it is worth noting. We haven't even had too many season openers on the road or in true road games too many times. I believe we've only had one since the 1980s, and that was the 2020 kickoff against Ole Miss. Fun game to go to. Had my own uh, section in the stadium. With that said, that's a completely different story. Let's go ahead and take a look at the Gators offense against the Utah defense. The Gators return five starters on offense, and that does kind of hinge on whether Kingsley Egwakin plays or not. He was listed on the Gators depth chart release for the game as questionable with a lower body injury. Last week, Billy Napier did say he's day-to-day, and so we're not really sure. The Gators offensive line, the top five players, have not really practiced together much at all 
since you know spring camp and of course in spring mascua got injured and then now in fall mascua rising comes back leonard was out for a little while then um Eguacan picks up these injuries so it is something to watch with the o-line and the Utes return eight starters for those watching on youtube i do have an asterisk next to that eight simply because of a position change uh, I believe his name is Vaki switching from the slot corner, uh, you know, slot corner position to a safety position, but he did have several starts towards the end of the year last year and did well against USC and had a decent game in the Rose bowl against Penn state. Very experienced defense that a almost brand new Gators offense is going to go up against. So with, that the first key to the game is for the Gators to establish the run. Utah is starting two new members on their defensive line, but at linebacker, they do have size and experience. Two of their guys have at least a year starting under their belt in Utah's system. And well, their other linebacker was a starter for Stanford last year and comes over, so he has experience as well. In fact, his best game last year, according to Pro Football Focus, was against Utah and against their run game. So this and two of their guys are 240 pounds plus. The Gators only have one linebacker of that size. Why did I say that? Well, size going up against, you know, pulling guards, going up against other blockers, that size does make a difference and size of the linebacker against the size of the running back. And the next question I have, not question, sorry. The next key to the game I have is the Gators need a quick passing game to back off the blitz. Utah loves to be aggressive, just like the Florida defense will love to be aggressive under Austin Armstrong. And one thing you can do is if the defense gets aggressive is have a quick passing game. I'm not talking short passing game. I'm talking about zero one step drops, quick slants, stuff that we didn't see too, too much last year. As I talked about, some of that could be AR, but still we didn't see it against Oregon State. We didn't see it in the spring game. So I want to see that quick passing game to back off the linebackers because if we can back off the linebackers with some quick passing game. That's going to open up some running room. It's also going to be able to have the offensive line get a little bit more time for the quarterback with a very aggressive and decently experienced Utah defense. One favorable matchup I do see for the Gators is whoever's in the slot, whether it be Pearsall or Wilson or Mizell against their slot corner or at least list as the starter, Tal Johnson. Tal Johnson last year played in four games for the Utah Utes. All four of those games were at the receiver position. So this is a guy who went from offense to defense, and now he's the starter. I don't know how good his quality is, but I do know that Ricky Pearsall is pretty good quality, and I do know that the speed of a Wilson and Mazzell will be something to look out for. Put these guys in a quick pa passing game or quick passing situations, and I think it's something their catch-and-run ability could really help out this Gators offense and then help out our run game, which the running game is what we want to lean on 
but to run, we may have to back off the front seven, make that front seven play a little bit in the passing game. If we cannot establish a run, then I think we're going to have a problem because not only do we want to be a run first team, but if we can't establish a run when guys like Mascua have better run blocking skills than they do pass blocking skills, I'm really nervous if we can't establish the run, what that's going to do for our pass blocking experience against an aggressive Utah front if we can't do that. So that's why establishing the run game and establishing a quick passing game are key if the Gators want a victory in Salt Lake City. Moving on to the Gators' defense against the Utes' offense. The Gators only returned three starters, and for the offense, defensive starters for both teams, I didn't take any starts that were like one start here or one start there due to injury, so I didn't count like a Richie Leonard, and I didn't count you know maybe a Caleb Douglas, who last year only started a game or two due to injury, and that's just because I want to be true about who was actually starter, you know, due to that. With that said, three starters on defense for the Gators isn't a full, you know, coverage because there are starters such as, or starters this year, such as a Tyreek Sack who played in tons of games last year. Jalen Kimber, I was shocked to learn was not a starter at all last year, came off the bench in every game. But again, a guy with tons of experience, Devin Moore coming back from injury, very talented. And so uh, Kamari Wilson only had a start or two randomly during the season, but a ton of experience last year that he gained. So even those three returning starters, it does not tell the full story. The Utes returned seven starters on their offense, two of those being Cam Rising that we talked about and Grant Cuthy. And the first thing we need to do, or the first thing the Gators need to do, is to stop the run. And there are multiple reasons for that. The first is Jaquindon Jackson, who didn't play against the Gators last year, is a very talented back and is possibly the best back that the Utes have. He averaged over six yards per carry, and we're talking about he did this in games against USC. He did this in games against Penn State last year. Very, very good back, and now he, instead of being fourth on the depth chart, which is about where he was at the beginning of last year's season, he's gone through the entire offseason as the guy. So this is a guy who is probably going to be improved. If we can stop that run, it's going to be massive going towards a Gators victory in Salt Lake City if they can stop the run. And then another reason to stop the run is if Cam Rising does play, chances are he's not going to be super mobile. I'm not going to say he's going to be not mobile at all, which some Gators have said. Again, reckless things that I've seen Gator fans say. I don't expect him to be Byron Leftwich at Marshall having to be carried down the field by his offensive lineman, but I think he's not going to be as much of a threat with his legs as he usually would be. And if we can stop the run, that means we can bring more pressure on him in the passing game. And if we can bring more pressure, there's a good chance that we get home. And if we get home and get some sacks, that's going to put them in some second, third, and long situations. And overall is going to help the Gators out. And of course, if we're getting home, that's going to really start making some throws errant. And that could lead to some interceptions, some turnovers, possibly a 
fumble caused by a sack, things that could happen, and it all stems from stopping the run game. Another thing that I think is key is to have press man coverage. Don't get me wrong. The Utes have some decent wideouts in Vele and Micah Pittman, who played at FSU last year. He's he's decent. Money Parks is you know pretty good. They've got some other talent. With that said, I do think that if we press man coverage, which is Gator secondary coach Corey Raymond's specialty in teaching, I do think that's going to help. Like I've talked before about press man, press man means longer until receivers get open. If they get open, the longer that takes, the better chance that defensive linemen get home. And we've talked about if they get home, that's going to help these guys out on the back end. I don't think we'll see as much uh, this year or in this game of our defensive backs lining up five, eight, ten yards off the receivers, allowing for those quick throws. And then also, as I've talked about in a previous episode, Pro Football Focus, that great write or that great blurb about Jason Marshall, that impressed man coverage, the quarterback rating against him, the quarterback passer rating against him is less than if the quarterback were to spike the ball on every play over the last two seasons. That's insane. So, of course, if we can do well in press man coverage, it, it's going to help in the passing game. But all that is predicated on stopping the run. If we can stop that Utes run game, it'll go a long way towards the Gators' victory. One favorable, favorable matchup that I saw just looking at the Gators' defensive depth chart versus the Utes' offensive depth chart is the F position, which is like the defensive end, and the Jack position, which is the Gators' outside linebacker, which is really just a standing-up defensive end against Fano, the right tackle or left tackle for the Utes' offense. Fano is a true freshman that has come in and earned the starting job, but he's still a true freshman against what will be a very aggressive defensive front. You have Princely Umea Man, who is a top five returning pass rusher, um, or at least pass rush graded guy in the SEC, going up against a true freshman, along with guys like Jack Pyburn, Tyreek Sapp. It's definitely a position, if I could say for sure, yeah, UF has an advantage, even though we're missing, or even though we're only returning three guys who have you know plenty of starts. That is one place I can say this is a favorable matchup. And if UF wins that matchup, again, the left tackle is the blind side for Cam Rising. That's just going to go so far for the Gators if they can take advantage of that matchup. On the flip side, if Fano decently holds these guys in check, I'm not sure where that pressure comes from other than sending the blitz, which opens up more room for potential passing just like it would for the Gators if they're running, you know, those quick passes to beat the blitz. And so I do think this game between the two teams, just like last year came down to last possession. I do think this game is going to be pretty close. I do have friends that have predicted that, Hey, the Gators are going to win by multiple touchdowns. I don't see it right now. Maybe if rising and Kuthi don't play, that helps us out a lot, but if they do play, I think it's going to be close. What I think the defense really is, is 
or what the, sorry, what the key to this game, what the difference really is, is going to come down to two things. Whether the Gares can run, which they did a decent job of last year. However, this year you don't have Anthony Richardson who can make some magical plays with his leg, like a 45-yard touchdown run at the end of the first half or on a key fourth and two, you know, take off and run to his right, get 10 yards for a first down or on a key two-point conversion, jump, pump, fake, outrun to uh, linebackers that he's just faked out and throw it to the end zone. We're not going to see that athleticism from Mertz. So to establish that run game, we're going to have to do it with a little less options. And, of course, by options, I mean the read option. We're going to have to establish that run game. But the difference is this Gators defense, being aggressive, being tight, you know, tight end coverage, aggressive with different simulated pressures with blitzes. I think that could be a difference. That's something that we're not great at last year. And we're pretty decent, to be honest. Our defense was pretty decent against Utah. I believe with Austin Armstrong, upgraded defensive line depth, which is going to be good since there will be some elevation issue. I think the defense aggressiveness as well as rising and Kuthi not being 100%, will lend itself to a Gators victory. Again, I believe this is going to be a close one-score game, a very fun game to look back on. And with that said, my prediction for the Gators is a 21-20 to 20 win over the Utes. I see that as three Gators touchdowns. How we get them, I'm not sure. It could be a screen pass to Trey Wilson that he, you know, Takes all the way down the field for a touchdown. It could be one of our jet sweeps, jet sweep passes, I call them, because instead of handing off the jet sweep, you just throw the ball up and it counts as a pass because it's quote-unquote forward, which we saw quite a bit in the um, open practice. And whoever gets it, Pearsall, Wilson, Mizell, they take it to us. It could be a pick six or it could be a fumble recovery because – our defense got to the quarterback, forced a fumble or forced an errant throw for a pick six. But I do think it'll be three Gears touchdowns. The Utes last year, very good. I mean, the Gears without a key stop on a two-point conversion, without um, really two goal line stands, one at the beginning of the third quarter, one at the end of the fourth quarter. Of course, that Amari Bernie pick, one of the top five loudest moments I've ever heard in the swamp. Um, without those moments, the Gators lose that, that game. The Utes did well. So I think these Utes will be able to move the ball. I do think they'll be able to score. I think, that, again, I think this game will be close, but the Gators will pull it out 21 20. Utes kick a few field goals early, and then just aren't able to get there. And for Gator fans looking at 21-20, yes, I kind of pulled that from 2006, Tennessee. And if you've watched Swamp Kings, you do know that that was a big turning point in year two for Urban Meyer. We'll see if we can pull this off, if it's a big turning point for Billy Napier. If you see me or... You want to say hi? I do want to meet Gator fans and possibly Ute fans uh, at this game. Please keep a lookout. I can tell you, I will be wearing obnoxious orange shorts. So that's something to stand out. I'm sure I won't be the only one, but if you see me, please do say hi. 
and I will gladly say hi as well. Again, love meeting new people. And with that said, let's give a shout out to my friends at Alvarez Lawn Company. Alvarez Lawn Company is based out of Central Florida, especially right now with Hurricane Idalia coming on. If you're in the Central Florida area and you do need some lawn work, please give my friends at Alvarez Lawn Company a call and give them a call and say, Daniel from Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast sent us and call them at 407-490-2617. Or you can reach out to them at Alvarez Lawn Company at alvarezlawncompany at gmail.com. Alvarez Lawn Company, building plans that work for you. I would also not be great if I didn't give my friends at gatorchatter.com a shout out. As I've said before, Twitter is a message board that is unmoderated, less moderated, and definitely a lot less organized. At GatorChatter.com is a message board for Gator fans, does allow all sorts of fans into it, and at Gator Chatter for, I believe this is my fifth or sixth season now, I do write previews for games, game reviews, things like that, just like I do on the podcast. Sometimes a little bit different content. Give that a check out if you need to. Go there, sign up. Oxy owner, great guy. Definitely a fun time. GatorChatter.com, your Florida Gators sports bar. And with that said, everybody, I cannot wait for the season to kick off. I do think this could be a pretty good year for the Gators. And a lot of that will be told by how the Gators do in Salt Lake City. If they go... Win or lose, play a nice close game. I do think this will be a better season for the Gators. If they come in and don't do well at all, well, then I'll be very interested as we move forward to how the Gators will be. But I do think either way, it will be a learning experience for this young, overall young team with the Gators. I do think the Gators can pull this off. As I said, my prediction, 21-20 and a Gators victory on the road with that said everyone thank you all for listening and as always go gators